This is Deborah DeYoung. I'm a design and behavioural analyst, and this podcast is an opportunity for me to chat with industry colleagues discussing identity and behavioural design identity, or, in simple terms, who we are and how we prefer to surround ourselves. Whether you realise it or not, your environment affects you. It's not just about the aesthetics. It's where we discover how to understand ourselves, communicate better with the people in our worlds, understand how to create our own ideal homes and workplaces, and all build environments that are conducive to productivity and joy. Join me today's podcast as we dive a little deeper into this fascinating field. So today I'm here with a lovely Adrian Ramsey who's down from the Sunshine Coast, who's in Sydney because he's been in the Hunter Valley. What were you doing there? Uh, there was a masterclass for architects, which I'm not an architect, but there was a masterclass for architects that Glenn, Glenn Merkitt ran, um, and there was um, Peter Stutchbury and a bunch of others as well, and then there was 30 of us from actually around Australia mainly and some New Zealanders. I luckily got in on the last minute awesome. because Victoria got locked down. Oh, wow. So, sad for the Victorians, yeah. but my game. Some COVID advantage. Yeah, exactly. And so, same with some of the New Zealanders that jumped a plane and came over. Fantastic. Because COVID had shut down seven of their applicants, I think, or seven of the people that were coming. So speaking very of COVID, lucky. Speaking of, that's fantastic. Speaking of COVID, right, we, I think we've got a new normal in how we do life. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about this a few weeks ago in that now that we're working from home to some degree or we're looking at our spaces in a different way because we're spending more time either in the house or home or uh, perhaps in, do even in the office or in the office let's talk about how we need to live you know mm. is is there has there been a shift with COVID in how we create great spaces i i think there definitely has and probably a, a less so in the home we're still in this transition of what's happening there because we haven't found we're not sure whether we're all going to end up back in the office or whether we're going to stay at home there's certainly a lot more um separation that we're getting clients requiring you know that it's almost an office for him an office for her and a space for the kids Mm. and whether that's eked out of an existing space or whether that's added on but the importance of that space and having um either solitude in it or being in the hub of the home so that you can take care of other things at the same time. And the space often is not getting used um, as a co-space, you know, like so you set up the office and if that's in a spare bedroom or if it's a dedicated space, what happens is is you want to be able to leave the things the way you found them, right. not be constantly shuffling it back. Right. And so this kind of semi-modular office thing, right. So that it can still be a co-space for something else that's happening. Like multifunctional joinery, is that yeah. where you're going? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And, you know, like if you stuck my wife and myself in the same office, it doesn't go well. It doesn't go well. So <laughs> even just the volume of conversation, right? and because we're using Zoom and those kind of things, she's trying to have a conversation or concentrate on something. And she's so nosy that she's trying to listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> no, but she. But in your background, you know, you're taking yeah, you that in. Your own space. You are taking that in. Mm. So then, how do you do your best work and nurture yourself to do your best work? Because that's what you're selling to your client. Right. Your best work. Right. So you've got to find that balance. I'm seeing a lot of that change. We, I mean, you're talking about working in a, a space together. We talk often about the, the masculine and the feminine mm-hmm. space. 
and we were chatting it on a, about it on the way here. Yeah. Do you do you how do you extrapolate information from both the masculine and the feminine to create great spaces for both of those? And can the feminine live in a masculine space and vice versa? And what does that look like for you? Mm, big question. Big question. It's a big question too. Um, I think the only way that I, I can do it is to actually spend time with people as a couple. So I have this thing that we don't do meetings singly. We do meetings as couples. And the aim of that is not to necessarily talk about design. Right. It's to talk about life and to see who kind of has precedent or control in different parts of the conversation. Right. So, and yeah, and how is. they pass that backwards and forwards. Yeah, great. So how they share that, you know, whether he says something and she goes, oh, you always exaggerate, or she might go, yeah, you always exaggerate, that isn't true, and so they're dynamic, or vice versa, it could be the same, you know, where they feel that, and you see the tension in them. Yeah. And the joy in them. Yeah. And so finding that kind of level of um, connection, and then, oh, I'm a tease, so I tease them. You're poking to, the bear. Yeah, poke the bear a bit, <laughs> yeah, poke the bear a bit. And what happens then is you kind of, um, you know that sales technique that people use of making common enemy? Yes. So it, you can create a common enemy really easily, but in a fun way. You know, like you, you do it with, I, I do, walk in robes all the time. so we'll, talk about what's needed and all the rest, and then, you know, he may have said stuff and as well, but then I'll turn to her and go, where's his stuff going? Is it even in the space? Right. And he'll look at me and go, what? And I'll go, mate, I'm just trying to look after you here because that's her space. Now, where is, is your stuff yeah, going? Yeah. And each home has to carry different values in each space, different values to nurture both. And I always think, you know, the only really shared space that is, has to be truly shared, and it doesn't have to be, but it generally is, is the main bedroom right. and the main ensuite. Right. So that, that space, you have to get your balance right. right. And typically for success, I, I would try and give it feminine energy. Why? Well, men are only after one thing. And I know that's not quite true, but... Men typically don't want complicated things, but they really, um, they will have a, a masculine kind of take on how that should be. If, if you have a, a, a woman in your life that you can um, make feel secure, heard, relaxed, your life's going to go better. Absolutely. You know, what, what's that saying? Happy wife, happy life. Absolutely. But those, looking at what those things are, um, I look at the main bedroom and I go, it's a sanctuary. And you notice I say main bedroom, I won't call it the master bedroom unless there's something kinky going on that they want to play. That's another story. That's another, that's that's another a, day. That's another day, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's another thing. But that space, and, and a woman in a home, and I'll, another thing that I go to with this, most women are a bit like cats. They view the house as theirs, the home as theirs. Their domain. And yeah, everybody comes and goes from it. Like cats do, you know, cats had hellish anxiety through lockdown right. because all of a sudden these people were in their home all day, but it's the cat's home and usually these people leave. So women 
in my experience, have found, oh, I've found that they've got a lot going on, they're, they're coping with a lot, and they need some sanctuary spaces, Absolutely. and even if it's imagined, yeah, even if it's not quite real, it's imagined. So what does that look like? What does an imagined space look like for a woman? Well, I often have this joke, you know, I'll draw in a, um, a window seat, and a window seat You're with a view. You're painting the dream. Yeah, You're painting the dream. Absolutely. Right. Right. And it, I, I, I do it very deliberately, and I'll say, so over here I think that we could just ease this room a little and put a window seat in here, and I watch for generally her reaction. And there's, now it can go two ways. Generally, they are like, oh, because they're thinking, space to myself. Yes. Space to yes. read or sleep or mm. just be alone. There's not space for another person in it. No. And then the, the, the flip side of that is, is if I do the window seat, mentally will you beat yourself up for not using it? Will you feel like mm. you, you are not nurturing yourself? Because women will do this really quickly, I find. Nurture themselves? No, no, or they not won't. Not they'll put everybody else uh, in the queue well, before think, them. We've had this conversation before yeah. that the, the priorities with a woman is you, you. We had this jest one time previously about if a woman is cooking, yeah. she will put the best piece of meat mm -hmm. aside for the children or the spouse or partner or elder. Yeah. Whereas when a man cooks, he'll take the best piece of meat for himself. Somebody's well, got to eat it. Anyway. I, would anyway, yeah. <laughs> I said that to my wife early on. I said to her, so you know, if there's a best piece of meat, I'm going to eat it. If there's guests, I'm going to eat that one. They can have the other. And she's like, you can't Why would you do, do that? that? I go, well, somebody's got to eat it. Might but, as well but be this me. Is women, women nurture, right? And yes. I think this is why it's important for a woman. I mean, I, I jest all the time with men and women when I'm talking about spaces. And I say, they say, what do I do if my husband wants something entirely different? And I laugh and say, sexual favours. because. Yeah. The reality is a woman needs to feel nurtured and safe within her home to feel in a different feel, way yeah. than a man does. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how, how do you design for a man differently than you do a woman? I think we all need to feel nurtured and safe. And colour psychology comes into oh, play. That's about this we, we, like, you know, we're, we're, we're yeah. talking about biophilia yeah. and biomimicry, and we love our greens and to feel nurtured. And, and obviously, colour psychology, the green is so easily digested through the iris and affects yeah. our hypothalamus and makes us feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. But for you, I think there's so much going on upstairs because, in jest, I've said that you're ADHD because you're very high energy. You don't want too much organic stuff going on because you've actually got so much going on upstairs mm -hmm. already. Am I mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. I, I think one of the things that men not well, not miss but don't pick up as much that, that women do is texture. So when when you're playing in the space, and and we'll just use the main bedroom thing. Mm. If you're playing in that space. Like men will often um, quite like dominant or cave type spaces, you know, something with some weight in it and all the rest. Darker colours, like yeah. moodier yeah. colours. Yeah. Um, and women will often, they'll, they'll react to that, they don't mind that, but then they've got to have something that just lifts them as well. And so texture can do this really beautifully. And you know, you think of, and this is going to be really cliche sounding, that you've got this room that maybe have an anchor of something dark, like a very dark grey or something. Mm. But if that's a slightly red-based grey, and then this is where it's the cliché piece, and you start using some stuff that has little dots of pink, um, 
and, and warm colours, but not necessarily hyped colours, not yellows and stuff necessarily. Not like chroma. Yeah, no, not just yeah, that, that stuff that just layers up mm. that sensual side, that natural mm. side, using mm. you know, leather tones, like soft mm. nude leather tones mm. and stuff mm. like that. It seems, and I mean, you're the expert on this, I'm not, mm. it seems to have this beautiful um, thing of bringing the energy down. Like it Which is what we need in the bedroom, right? Yeah. We actually need... It's a place know, of the, rest, the, relaxation, rejuvenation. That's right. And, you know, there might be some fun and frivolity in there as well. But if it isn't the first three, well, you've got there won't feel, be the got, fun and frivolity. You've got to feel nurtured to be want to be in yes. that space anyway. But I look at even the ensuite on from that mm -hmm. situation, and, and and I mean we talk about feminine and masculine spaces, but also I look at temperament and what comes into play there. So, I uh, as a human behavioural analyst and interior designer, what I look at is goal setter, lifestyle, stability, and information. And an information person needs the storage; they need to feel decluttered. Uh, in order for them to come home from a work space which is busy, they need order. Yes. Uh, a lifestyle person needs this texture, so you need a great throw on the bed. You need a great texture, like you know, beautiful cushions or cushions or is. fur yeah. or something yeah. with texture, um, stability. And it's all about the calm and the easiness, and you know, there's always tomorrow, and it's very relaxing. Um, and then there's goal setter, and I, I think of Timothy Alton with the goal setting. Mm -hmm. So Coco Republic sells mm -hmm. Timothy Alton, which is very strong, masculine. You talk yes. about the cave in the bedroom, yep. and lots of navy blues That's and where royals. That's you drag and your woman to the that, cave. That, well, you know? I'm, 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 I jest and say that every woman wants the same thing. She wants a man to throw her over his shoulder, drag her to the bedroom, throw her on the bed, and then go and clean the house. Yeah, <laughs> let her have a rest. Yeah. get her a cup of tea, yeah, and bug her off. That's my ideal environment. Um, but you know that. Masculine space is important for a goal setter. It's a very strong Chesterfields. Mm -hmm. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's really mm -hmm. plump cushions and mm -hmm. luxe um, velvets and you know a, a really luxurious thing. So I think you need to understand your temperament as well as your masculine feminine space. So digging it out of people is the art to that. That's the key. How do you do that? I go fishing. Yeah. And I go fishing. I I I do it with photographs and I do. It you know, Glenn Murcutt said this this weekend, he mm. said, never interview a client anywhere but in their home. Interesting. And, and everybody's sort of, mm, okay, and he goes, well, you need to see where they're now, and they can tell you what they don't even like about it, but that's not the point. You want to see them in their environment that they've already created. Whether that's good or bad, doesn't matter. You're seeing them in their environment, mm. and then you're getting a read on where they currently are sitting and you know everybody's home is individual to them and even if we were all to move into the same floor plan mm. we would all arrange things slightly differently we would all do certain stuff because it suits us as people but i look at this thing oh i love this question i love saying this to people especially about the bedroom i say i say to the to the wife or female partner in the relationship, I'll go, so what side of the bed do you sleep on? I kind of lean in when I do it. And you kind of almost sense the male bristling, <laughs> and um, that, which is good, which is good because he sees himself as the protector and why are you asking, why are you asking my wife or my woman about that stuff? And um, I'll sometimes say, I know it's an unusual question, but just let me go with this to the male. And um, depending on the age. 
So it's like, say for instance, there, um, maybe you know, 20s, maybe early 30s, and they may not have finished having a family yet. Right. So this would be a great example of that. I go, okay, so what side of the bed do you sleep on? And say, it's only a new house. So I want to know whether she sleeps on the left or the right. Mm. And the reason is, is because if I can give her clear passage to leave that room to go and look after a child, to um, to get to an ensuite, to do any of those things, he'll still be pretending he's asleep. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And he he might be awake, but he will pretend he's asleep. Not always. You know, sometimes he'll jump out of bed and go just like that. He'll hear it and go, "God, she needs a rest. Go." Mm. Now, he has, and this is probably a little sexist, but because of his testosterone levels, he has better spatial awareness. What makes you say that? Testosterone creates spatial awareness. Do you think? Mm. Do you think? Mm. That's why we... Maybe, maybe I'm more masculine than I think yeah. then, because I've got really good so spatial less awareness. Yeah, I know you have, but mm. it, he's less likely to run into something where right. she's more likely to. She'll be on a more ragged edge of tiredness as well often, because she's managing so many things. She's spinning plates, yeah. yeah. So, if you can give her the most simple journey to wherever she's likely to be needed next... What about the protection? I mean, if, if I think... No, it doesn't if, mean she's closest to the no, door. No, well, that's just what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I always think that a, a male should be closer to the exit yeah. than a female because there is a... There's a protection Predator. there. Yeah, yeah, if something comes in, yeah. he's, 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 the, he's the space that mm. supports that. Mm. doesn't mean that she isn't closest, that, that she has to be closest to the door. It's just mm. what's the route to get to the door mm. or get out. So you do it from asking questions. Mm. What do you find? I, you know, when I, when I go to people's homes, sometimes, and you're saying going to their home to, to debrief or to find out, yep. sometimes I'm surprised at how people live. You know, you, you find, what, what are you most surprised about when you go into people's homes, what is it that's um, surprising? I think some people's homes um, really are like a fabric of their story and you may have spoken to them on the phone or may have even met them outside of that their home, but if they're you know, not necessarily just well-travelled, but if they're Collectors, what what would they fit into? If they're people who collect things from yeah. along the way, what's that genre? Hunter gatherer. Okay, so <laughs> so if they're like that, there is usually more. I don't want to say clutter, just more things. Yeah, and they're more storylined. Yeah, um, and whether that's well presented or not well presented doesn't really matter. Um, but that's something that nurtures a part of them. Right, and so because that having that story around them nurtures a part of them, then you go, oh, okay, and I'm looking for the clues in that story. I'm the guy that stands up and goes, that's an amazing photograph, where was that? Or, you know, I've been in homes where they've had like a $20,000 racing push bike on the wall of the entrance. And these are homes that are million plus dollar homes, the, the build, not the property. Um, and it's something that, it, it's a story that they don't ride that bike. No. It, they've ridden it, they've achieved on it, and it, or they've set their goal and got to something on it, but they want that memory lock at this point. Mm. And those kind of things start to inform you of the person they are and how they might want to be. Other people, you, you expect that they're going to be like unbelievably tidy 
because their presentation themselves unbelievably tidy, and they live just in a heckledy pickledy yeah. mess. And and this is again where I think we need to harness strengths and strengthen weaknesses. Mm. And I think you understand yourself, and, and I'm not kind of like identity, but there's also design identity. Mm -hmm. So understanding yourself and how you operate as a person, but then also understanding how you need to live. Because if we are surrounded by, and it might be um, mementos or tr yep. tra photographs or trinkets, things that travel, or, or trinkets yep. or uh, things that are tactile or books, that will nurture our soul and you can function more successfully mm -hmm. in your work or home space. The big crossover with that is does it take from the other person? Right. So like I, I went into a mate's ensuite once and um, so I was at their house and I went into the ensuite and his partner, I'd never walked into the ensuite before, I was going to help him with something mm. and I walked around the corner and he's got like a, um, a, a long vanity and it's got two basins and literally there is like a, a wall, there's a dividing line. In her space, the basin was like covered with makeup and there was, I don't know, a, it looked like a thousand things. In his space he had a toothbrush and you know, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, about yeah, it. The minimal. Yeah, just absolutely minimal. Mm. And I went far out, like that was what went through my brain, far out. And anyway, and then um, I went, I've got to look further. So I opened the cupboard underneath. Oh, you're one of those yeah. designers. And, and his, was, his was like beautifully ordered and hers was like a jumble sale of stuff. Mm. Now, I went then from there to the, uh, the walk-in rope right. to see what it was like in there. And again, hers wasn't necessarily ordered in colour or anything like that. His was. His was shirt, 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 jacket, jacket, jacket. His was shirt, jacket, pants, skirt, oh, whatever. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, but that's how she lives. Yes. But that, they're extremes. So, so okay. how do you, how so that, do you, how do you help with when, when you've got two polar extreme yeah. temperaments living in one space, how do you navigate both of them living the same? I mean, I, I laugh, I think it was Goldie Horn that is married but lives in a Kurt house Russell, across, yeah, the, across road. the road from Kurt, and yeah. I'm thinking that's kind of handy I, I wouldn't mind having my own house and living environment that's totally different from my spouse because there's so many things about your spouse or partner that annoys you yep. it would be nice to have your own environment yep. that nurtures you so do you create spaces that are exclusive to people to in particular yeah. points? and do you feel like sometimes and this is how I laugh with our designers uh, on staff I say look you're really not just a designer, you're actually a marriage guidance counsellor. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to dig into the personality to be able to serve the personality and then to make that harmonious and then you've got a happier home, you live with more joy, mm. you live with more joy, you live with less disease, mm. you live with less angst mm. and you're, liv you're living a, a better self, you know, Absolutely. you're being closer to your divine being that you should be. A more evolved being. Yes. And so I look at that and I go, Yes, if we can find a space, and it might not be a whole room, it might be a piece of a space mm. that can be more about him. Yeah. And I think that's important. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's important for us to all come home and go, oh, sanctuary. Yes. If you take the pretext sanctuary. of there a couple that it's her home and he lives in it. If happy wife, happy life, isn't yeah. it? Right. If you take that pretext of that, that it's her home, then, and that... To nurture her and give her security and all that, lots of men be happy to live almost in a couple of box, other than ego, because they want to be able to have the status. The, the status. 
So, but they will, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. They'll go with the flow. Even you, were you like that? Because I think you, you've got a far more, uh, you're more aesthetic. You know, there's yeah, more. Yeah, and I'm more of a pain in the ass. Well, I know, I agree with that entirely, <laughs> but, but you are more of a visual person. Yes. So how do you live, I mean, I look at your wife and she has a specific style and she's yep. a strong lady. Yeah. And yet you're a female. strong yeah. male, so... Oh, it's all roses at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I treat the house, or our home, as it's her space. So, so I kind of go, it's her space. She would say, yeah, well, why don't you do more with it for me? Um, I'm more likely to push the boundaries of something. So one time, I, I do it when she goes away. Right. One time she went away and she came back and she found that the, that we have a, a, off our main living area, we actually have like a little nook, which mm. is our TV area. Yeah. And um, I painted it in this amazing colour blue, like a deep blue. Oh, I'd never go and, away. Yeah. <laughs> I came and back she, to a blue she nook. said to me, and when were we going to discuss that? <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, now's probably a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You sprung that and, one on her. Yeah. Um, and yet now she's comfortable with Well, she's, she likes it. Right. So what happens is, is because I'm the one who's, you know, seeing the future and creating the future for other people in their spaces, I will go, oh, I want to experiment with something at home. This is difficult. Uh, we, need, we need to do that. Yep. I think we need to experiment. I don't think, um, you know, we I just, I feel a little bit with design, it's like a river and you're just ever changing, you're ever, ever evolving. And it's not about uh, changing house every time. No. You can create something fabulous with the same space with it's, a coat of paint. Especially though, if you know what nurtures a person. Absolutely. So if it nurtures a person and if it nurtures yourself, then. How, how do you need it? Mm. And as long as it doesn't take Detract. from the other person, mm. you know, so that, like that on the thing I was saying about, you know, with the vanity, mm. I was like, oh my God, I couldn't do this. No. I couldn't live like this. No, Which, but then I, oh, I, that's look, me. But I look at your, your temperament, okay. So I would say you are an influencer yeah. and you're high energy and you're also lifestyle. So you need to smell good and look good. Because it's all about how does the world perceive me, yeah. right? Uh, I want to be seen as successful, buoyant, happy. So you need lots of aftershaves. You need, you know, I know you're at your sneakers. Go on, go on, on to you it. Need, I've got need, plenty of them you, as well. You need <laughs> decent clothes. You need, it's all about how do I look, how do I feel? And you're a very tactile person. So, you know, I understand you're saying you couldn't look at it like that. So you might need it stored well, good storage, but you still need plenty of it. Uh, yeah, I need right. enough of it to enjoy it, and I don't like excess. I'm, I'm, I don't like stuff for stuff's sake. No, but I, I'm a shocker for not throwing things away. Right. I've got t-shirts that'd be thirty years old because they have a memory in them. Right. And I don't wear them. I don't necessarily wear them, but I just store them because they have a memory of when I bought them, where they were, how where I was, feel. how it made me feel. And I wore them maybe for two or three years, mm. but there are, I've got tons I throw away, but they're something special of that moment. So Becky, on the other hand, she cleans her stuff out because she is pretty ordered and structured and 
she likes to know where it, she takes her winter wardrobe and puts it away. I do the same. And then brings it back out, yeah. you know, this kind of yeah. thing. And then she'll update it as well, mm-hmm. but then she will give clothes to girlfriends, give them to, you know, um, charity. That That's her thing. I'm more likely to have a t-shirt or a pair of jeans or something that I won't throw away because it's got a memory. Right. I bought that in, you know, Austin, Texas, and we were doing da-da-da-da-da, yeah. yeah. And that was the memory in it, so mm. I don't want to throw away my memories. Mm. So it's a really interesting thing. So my wardrobe is actually, we, we share a walk-in robe, mm. but because I can't stand lots of clutter and stuff, I need a, I'm already like a Busy scrambled egg up on. here, yeah. Right. So I don't want too much more of that. So I, I, with a walk-in robe, where can you see the clothes from? And can you take that clutter and noise and all that stuff out of the bedroom? So, so you know, often people have a walk-in robe and there's a door on or no door, yeah, and you look in and it's got it's got chaos in there just because of the number of things. It's not necessarily untidy. So mine is all behind drawers, fronts, and cupboard doors because mm-hmm. I know everything I've got. Mm-hmm. I wake up and I know what I'm going to wear for that day because I'm going to actually manifest a feeling of who I want to be on that day. Mm-hmm. In, in my multifaceted personality, mm. where Becky goes in and she looks and she goes, hmm, I've got this meeting, this meeting, I've got to do this thing, this thing, oh, but I feel frumpy if I do that, no, don't do that one, I'll take that one. Um, oh no, this time of the month that makes me feel fat. You know, just all these things are going through it. I'm going, do I look like a rock star or do I look like a cowboy? You know, <laughs> which I, one is it I'm I, going to be? Yes, exactly. Oh. And, and, but I can do that in my head. Yeah. Where she does that in physical form. So yeah. hers is open and mine's closed. When we can look, we can only see clothes right. until she goes into it. So in a design perspective, I think that's really valuable. So it's been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you about your masculine feminine design, yeah. um, but also understanding how do you navigate the two people in the same house. Mm-hmm. And also, I think I think your wife must be a patron saint being married to you. She is. Um, but it's, I'm it's... living proof that she's not good at making all her choices. <laughs> <laughs> so Adrian Ramsey, thank you so much for joining us today and looking forward to working together collaboratively moving mm. forward and understanding people and understanding great spaces. Thank you, Deb. One of the things I'll just add it right at the end of this is we are in a time, so I do a lot on trends, we're in a time of the rise of feminine energy. Mm. And I say it's feminist in the feminine. And we're, we're, the world is in this time. Mm. This is happening globally. Mm. and. There's a whole lot of things that are just going to keep moving in this way. And so as a trend, if you're a designer or if you're looking to have something designed, be very, very mindful of embracing it. Mm. Because it's, it is a global trend and, and it's a beautiful trend. Like it's going to shift us from where we've been sort of in this past trend. Um, and, and I've been watching this for about I reckon more than five years, this trend and just watching it, watching it layering and that's beautiful. And, and on that note, we're going to close, but what I'd like to do is perhaps talk again about trend forecasting. Yeah, so let's do it join sometime. us again and let's have a look at um, 
how we manage the looking at trends individually and collectively. Thank Thanks you, so Deb. much, Adrian. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity.